we're back. Well, I'd be laughing too, I guess. Trying to. <laughs> I just read a funny meme about. I'll read it to you guys. <laughs> All right. Hold, hold on on that thought for just for a second. It's the Lakers Fast Break. It's Gerald Glassford coming right back at you here from Lakers Fast Break. Pop Culture Castles, where we cover the latest news and trends in pop culture each and every week, twice a week, wherever you get your podcasts. And on this week's episode, I just recorded it with Melinda during the show while I was watching the game as well. By the way, she said she she watched she watched our pregame show and she said, boy, you guys are mad. Yeah, of course we're mad. The Lakers suck right now. Yes. But go ahead and check out what Melinda and I have to say about the movies coming to you this weekend, including all the Oscar hopefuls, Aquaman 2 in theaters, and so much more. Plus also as well, a merger between Warner Brothers and Paramount. That's a possibility. Plus Sony kicks Xbox's ass in 2023. All that more on the latest PC Multiverse, wherever you get your podcast. Let's get Mark meets a dog merged together. That's yeah. a nice one. Well, there you go. Also, as well, of course, Joe Sorrell. And, and of course, LakersBall.com. Go ahead and check out what he has to say there. Plus, Simblades, Simblades with a Y.com. Lakerholics. Laker Tom is not a happy guy. For many reasons, including a signing by the Dodgers just now. So go ahead and check out what he has to say at Lakerholics.com. Of course, also as well, him and Jamie Sweet, Lakerholics. But also, big shout out to Lakers Corner, who's here as well. Please go ahead and like and subscribe to them. Also as well, Lakers and Five, John McCallion Channel, the Larry Lakers Dribbling Chit Chat. Also as well, Daniel Berry Sports Highlights and more, plus Empire Jeff TV. All those are great channels. Help them out today. Speaking of helping out great channels, go ahead. He's just checking out the memes of all this is going on. Hopefully about Darvin Ham. But again, go ahead and like and subscribe to get the latest notifications on when we go live on the air with the latest Lakers Fast Break podcast. Well, the Lakers, after last night's dismal performance, after Monday's dismal performance, head into, again, a back-to-back as far as the road trip, the holiday road trip from hell is continuing. And the next latest stop is in Minnesota against the Western Conference leading and best home record Minnesota Timberwolves without LeBron James and Gabe Vincent tonight. Oh, boy. What could we do? And you know what? We actually did not too bad a job for three quarters. We actually held firm, held strong, was within five points. In fact, we actually took the lead late third quarter, early fourth quarter on a Rui Hashimura three-pointer. But again, the Lakers, without LeBron, not able to get it done. Questionable judgments as far as some decision-making down the stretch and just too much talent on the other end because they had all their great players in doing what they needed to do. And they pull away the Minnesota Timberwolves for tonight. They got the victory, pulling away from the Lakers in late in the fourth quarter with the victory. And here today to go ahead and discuss what the 15 and 14 Lakers are doing now, because it's getting closer to 500. Good man indeed. He is. We're going to start off with him first. First man up, first man here. It is the guy behind the LakersBall.com, Ox1947. It is Joe Sorrow. And Joe, you were here first. Your thoughts on the funny memes, the Yamamoto sighting, Laker Tom getting more rubbed in his face in regards to Darvin Ham and Yamamoto. So no-no for the Yankees and no-no for the Lakers today. Well, I'll, I'll start it on a good note. Yes, uh, as we were watching the Lakers officially die tonight, the word came out that Yamamoto is going to the Dodgers, and it's laughable that anyone thought that it would go any other way. The Yankees are slowly turning into the Knicks with their Harold Steinbrenner at the helm. Uh, and I want to thank Harold for being like Mr. Dolan because it certainly makes things much easier to, uh, you know, garner these assets as, as, the Lake, as the Dodgers have here in the last few weeks. Now, <clears throat> going to a more somber note, you know, I... I was thinking about this as the game was ending. 
I don't, I don't like denigrating people I don't know. Uh, this this comes off as something personal sometimes, and I want to make it clear here. Uh, when we criticize D'Angelo Russell, we are criticizing their sports acumen, not them. So I want this to be clear. Obviously, this is a public forum, so I want it to be very, very clear. But you might not know that based off of the words we use. We don't use them here that much, but we do use some insensitive comments on playback. So I want that to be very clear. Going to that, the Lakers chose two games the last week that cost them two games that they would have likely won. Tonight was included. You can argue that Minnesota took the Lakers lightly and probably wouldn't have played as lightly if LeBron was playing, but we'll never know that. Uh, as of right now, every time the Lakers punt a game, they should have won. Um, this is this is this is going to be the end result in terms of an, uh, analyzing it. <clears throat> D'Angelo Russell, can you blame one guy for a game loss? I'd say if there was a game you can blame one guy on, it would probably be D'Angelo tonight. D'Angelo had every opportunity tonight to control the pace of the game, control the fact that he's played against the Minnesota Timberwolves, knows their little ticks, knows their offense to some degree. You know, he did play with this exact team pretty much, and yet could not take advantage. Matter of fact, he actually cost the the Lakers on both ends. He couldn't even get one. Or the other. It's one thing when you don't have your shot on a particular night. It's another when you're making ill-advised passes that are going nowhere except to the opponent's hands or out of bounds over and over and over again. And the Lakers, I'm sorry, I mean, Rob Polinka has to figure this roster out probably very, very, very soon. I'm talking after Christmas and New Year's. He's going to have to figure something out before this gets away from them. Uh, I liked the way Rui played. Uh, miraculously, you give him some time and look what happened. Hopefully, Darvin Ham gets a clue on that. Uh, I like Austin Reeves' play. I thought Cam Reddish played well. Torian Prince played decent. Uh, obviously, Anthony Davis uh, played as well as he he has here in the last few weeks. It was a very positive game, but we were missing a guy. And I believe if we had had that guy, we might not have lost tonight. And that's that's just a it's a it's a stab in the uh, and it's a stab in the heart, you know, as Paulie Walnuts would say. Uh, Jared Vanderbilt. What can I say? Uh, Jared probably needs to sit if this is what he's going to produce. I think uh, if he can't play with any kind of pain and can't muster the ability to catch a basketball and dunk when you're 6'9", you become not only useless to the game, you become useless to anything constructive during a a basketball uh, game. That pass that AD gave to him was as beautiful a pass as you can give. And this is coming from Anthony Davis. All he had to do was dunk it. Yet he dribbles and waits for the defense to catch up to him and therefore didn't get Jack Jack squat on that. Why does he do that? This right here, where the, the brain and stuff goes, he is afraid of making a basket we don't have time for that we do not have time for that so rob here's my this four of us on tonight so i gotta make this quick rob you need to use that newly signed guy at some point i'm assuming in january uh sean where he's he'll be eligible was it january 15th you better start you better start putting some things together because that guy needs to go you guys probably signed him for moments like just in case he did this so i understand the extension you have some more money now that you can throw out there and maybe get some some talent but i highly recommend that in the next three weeks 
this team is going to need to move D'Angelo Russell and Jared Vanderbilt for some for someone who can can't move Jared Vanderbilt. Up. You can't trade Vanderbilt. So we can't trade Vanderbilt all year, right? That's correct. Okay, so we're 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 pretty much screwed on that one. Yeah. Uh, but that's so that's where we're at, guys. We're screwed either way. Might as well see what happens next. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, sorry, man. I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but yeah, because of the, when he signed his contract, you cannot trade Jared Vanderbilt this season. Once again, it is the Lakers fast break. The Lakers do lose 118 to 111. They're now 15 and 14 on the season. Also here today, good man indeed. He interviewed Joe and I earlier today as part of Lakers Corner. It is John Costa. John, great to have you here. The Lakers now ride 10th in the Western Conference. We're now at the very bottom of the play-in standings right there for you. We have strived hard for that, apparently. Little Chris Johnson, 18, thank you for the super chat, said that at one time we trotted on a lineup of D'Lo, Reeves, Prince, Reddish, and AD. Obviously, it didn't meet to his satisfaction. It didn't get the job done tonight. I do give them credit for three quarters of good play. Unfortunately, the fourth quarter, you saw when not having LeBron. Of course, we get we get called out for not blaming LeBron enough. Well, unfortunately, we blame LeBron for sitting out tonight because having him in the lineup tonight could have been the difference of the game, John. Absolutely. I mean, having LeBron in the lineup tonight would have would have 100% made the di- difference in the game. We, we see so many times, you know, as Lakers fans, we see come, come fourth quarter, you know, LeBron James, throughout the whole game, LeBron James tried to get other people involved and all this and that. And then there's a point, there's a point in every single game where LeBron James just says like, all right, let me see the ball, LeBron James and Anthony Davis pick and roll. And let's just take over this game uh, because LeBron James is just an absolute great decision maker with the ball in his hands, whether it's coming downhill or it's on the half court set. Uh, so I a hundred percent agree with you there, Gerald, like LeBron would have been, would have been amazing, but I, I just kind of want to touch on D'Lo, man. And, and and it's funny because, you know, you guys, I've talked to you guys really mainly and my brother about like about Lakers basketball. And you guys know I've been, you know, I've been riding for D'Lo. I've been trying to, you know, I've been trying to support him through the ups and downs. I talk about, you know, there's there's ups and downs with it. And yes, the offensive game isn't there, but his playmaking ability, the way he gets some of these players set up is is you, you got to take the bad with the good. And I really thought this game today with no LeBron James, I was like, all right, cool. No LeBron James, Minnesota Timberwolves, about num- I think the number one defensive rate team, uh, defensive rating team in the league right now. Um, D'Lo like, no- should know their game, ba- like how Joe said, basically played on that, that exact same team. All right, D'Angelo Russell is going to come out aggressive. He's going to get a lot of shots. And he's going to prove to the world kind of what I was talking about. And Honestly, the exact opposite happens. He gets put on an even bigger microscope, and he lets down even more. Uh, Joe talked about it's one thing to just be letting up on defense, and that, that's one thing I said is I, I was like, D'Lo's defense isn't great, but wow, love his playmaking. Love the way he gets other players involved. Love the way he gets AD easy buckets. You've been one of the biggest supporters for D'Lo. Exactly. Exactly. I have been, and at this point, I'm just I, – I'm getting to the point where, like, I have to just – Put my hands up and say, "Look, D'Lo, like I've been supporting you. I've been riding for. I've been riding for as long as I could." And talking about the pros versus the cons and how we're gonna have to take the bad with the good. But at this point, like this is just this is horrendous, man. I mean, I, I was thinking this game be, be he was gonna have the ball in his hand so much he was gonna show the world that elite playmaking ability. But this is just this is ridiculous. It was turnover after turnover. It was bad decisions. He led the he led the game. He led the team to nine turnovers. Um, was a negative four out there. And honestly, I just I, I'm to the point where I, we have a 38, 38 year old LeBron James. We need to go all in. And I understand deals in his in, inconsistency, but I'm to the point where hey man, like I'm willing to do what it takes because this is not going to work. This is not going to work. So I know this is probably crazy for you guys because I've been riding for him for so long. But I'm, I'm. This game showed me, you know what, D'Lo, like if you can't do what you were doing, maybe early in the season, then I put, you know, put my hands up and say I tried, man. And this is a D'Lo jersey from his first, from his rookie year from the Lakers. But it just hasn't been going, man. But tough night, tough, tough game tonight. Lost, tough night, tough loss tonight. Couldn't even talk. This is Raphael from NBA Draft Junkies.com. 
and you are listening to the Lakers Fast Break. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. My last movie that I saw in the theaters was The Last Skywalker. I know. Condolences to me. Wow, man. Right. I I just had talked about that and I completely forgot that I saw that movie. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) That doesn't speak great things about it, I suppose. That's the Pop Culture Cosmo Show. And the PCC Multiverse. Catch our shows on Worldwide Radio seven days a week and wherever you get your podcasts. Once again, it is the Lakers fast break. The Lakers do lose 118 to 111. Also here today is a good man indeed. He is the guy behind our great coverage on playback.tv slash Lakers fast break. Give him Laker Nick, Joe Sorrell, big props for handling it tonight on playback. It is the magic man, Sean Grice. And Sean, great to have you here. Uh, just another disappointing loss. Something that we, it's not unexpected tonight because when you don't have your best player, you know, that's obviously something that you have to consider going into a team with the best home record in the NBA. But we got blamed a lot, like we talked about with Rodell, for saying, Oh, you don't put enough pressure on LeBron. You, LeBron, you don't guys don't talk bad enough about LeBron. You guys don't talk bad enough about LeBron. Well, LeBron wasn't in there tonight. And look what happened, Magic Man. We didn't get the job done. No. No, we didn't, Gerald. And, uh, you know, if I may, I'd like to dispel a narrative that's been out there for 18 months with the Lakers that I'm just going to put in a casket right now. D'Lo was never brought to the Lakers to be a driver. Sorry, Zangerstein. You're just wrong about that. And you and everybody else that talks about how the fact that they brought D'Lo in here to be an off-ball super kind for LeBron is horse you-know-what, Gerald. And I've got the I've got the proof right here. Gerald, did you know, we talked about this before, about three weeks ago. Did you know that LeBron James has reduced his uh, usage in the paint by a hundred percent, a hundred percent. Look at the look at these numbers, Gerald. If I could put them up, got it he's up. Redu- he, he's reduced his drives significantly this year. Look at that. Look at that. Coming up right now. You got yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Look at that. Look at that. Last year with the Cavs versus the championship year right here. Look at that difference per game. You're going from 80 to less than 60. And this year, it's only 27, Gerald. He's reduced his paint efficient uh, usage by half in in less than a year. So for Rodell and other people telling us that we don't know what we're talking about or we should blame LeBron, I can't really blame LeBron for what we're seeing, man. He's shooting 75% at the rim. He's shooting better at the rim than Anthony Davis is. Is everybody aware of this? No, but again, you get called out for that. And we also yeah. get called out for how Le- we don't blame LeBron enough for this. Thing. My God, he's 38 years old and he's playing as well. He's playing. He's shooting almost 40% for three. I know there are times deep. where he goes crazy from three and that's what we hate. But you got to give well, him credit think about, this year. Think about he's this, pre- Gerald. With with Ham with Ham's inability to close out to close out some of these games with some of these um, in, inexplicable, unexplainable uh, adjustments or rotations or taking out a hot hand. If LeBron wasn't this efficient as he is, we'd have a worse record than we do. I agree. I absolutely agree. But then again, we get called out for it by Rodell, who. Obviously, and, again, and, finds and, things yeah. that absolutely are incorrect, and he does not see the game as the way it should be no, seen. And, but no, that's his does, opinion, and he's entitled to it. That's his opinion, it. and he's entitled to it. But you know what, Gerald? You're not allowed to nitpick us uh, when you're wrong. You can do it when you're right, and by all means, but don't nitpick when you're wrong. And if you look at – if you look – go even deeper, Gerald. So LeBron reduced his usage in the paint to allow other people to try and flourish. And what has D'Lo done? He has a total of 75 drives in 27 games, Gerald. 75 drives in 27 games. That's less than three a game. 
So that's not going to get it done. And by the way, the last two the last two teams he was on that went to an NBA Finals. So that'd be the last year he was with the Cavs and with the Lakers. Who was who was the best who was the best driver on those two teams, Gerald, outside of LeBron? Because he played he played with the likes of Iman Shumpert, George Hill, Jose Calderon. Give me a break with this crap. You need a third star that can shoot and shoot the lights out. For forget about getting somebody who who could drive to the rim, although that would be nice. You need somebody to solidify your outside shooting with those two guys because you're never going to see another season from LeBron with this kind of efficiency. Again, Gerald, shooting 75% from the rim, almost 40% from three. Yeah, his free throws are down, but that's because he's had to sacrifice driving the basket, and he's not getting the calls that he used to get. So I am I am I'm just tired of it, man. I'm tired of it. Dilo was here to be a shooter, not a scorer. He's n- the, his his reputation as a scorer is a bit exaggerated. He's a shooter at best. I agree. I agree. Joe, I think it's that time, my friend, uh, based off of what Darvin Ham didn't do correctly during the game as far as the lineups, rotations. Are we going to go ahead in solidarity again, my friend, on pockets, or do you want? want no, to I don't. Today? I don't think uh, we can. Without LeBron, I don't think we can go all hands on deck on on okay. Darvin Ham tonight. That the the team competed. The team had players that showed up. Unfortunately, in in key positions like point guard, we we still have a guy that hadn't played all year that sat for whatever reason. And the guy that actually starts had uh, double spearmint gum uh, <laughs> stuck on his shoes uh, on both ends of the of the court. Cheap plug. I'm sorry. Had to, had to do it. <laughs> the the mentality. I, I started the show by apologizing for outside influences meaning i i don't want family and friends to this is strictly basketball and i need to make this very clear because again we can come off very brutish i'm never gonna be outside the crypt i'm never gonna go to these people's houses and yell at them or send them death threats or any of that cowardly bullcrap what we do is we criticize their play and their decision making that's we've earned that as fans because we spend five hours every other day on the average watching these guys play. Okay. This is, this is very important. I want, I want it to be very, very clear for the, for now and in the future. And tonight, Darvin ham, other than maybe some questionable substitutions at the beginning of the fourth but even those, you guys got to have some common sense, okay? Yes, I am all about playing, but you also need to get some rest. AD needed to sit the beginning of the fourth because players need to rest. They can't play. They're not Will Chamberlain. I'm not going to play 48 minutes a game. It's just not going to happen. So there was some question on why they took uh, Austin Reeves out, and then D'Angelo went back in. Coincidentally, they actually didn't do too bad when they did that again. We need the rest players, guys. That part, I'm not going to get mad at the coach. We're trying to preserve this. It's still a regular season game. If this were obviously a game six when you're up 3-2, that's a totally different story. So going back to the decision-making as an organization, the Lakers continue to make the, 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 the terrible call. They had done this other than once. And, it, and the Lakers ended up winning the game, so it didn't matter. But the Lakers are starting to get to that. We're going to pick and choose who we play and where they play. You're not in a position to do that. And you were reeling already. You needed a win. If you were going to sit LeBron, why didn't you sit him last night? Why would you sit him in this game? This is a one seed right now in the standings. We're almost two months in. Why would you pick this game to sit him? Why not sit him the Chicago game and then play him here? You might have won one of these games if you did that. 
So I just, it's just bad decision making. And unless these guys go on a run and win five, six, seven in a row, this last week could be a earmark on what started the downfall for this season's team. This arrogance that they have, that they think they can punt games and continue to be who they want to be. They can still make the playoffs, but do you really want to go through the playoffs starting on the road every series again? Because that plays a big part. And on top of that, you have to go to Denver after you had beaten the two teams last year. It was suicide at that point. Like, how are you going to acclimate yourself to the, to the, to the elements at that point already being dog tired? You start out 2-0. and Shaq and Kobe ain't here, bud. Shaq and Kobe come back from 0-2. You can't. So it's uh, I I don't I don't I don't I don't I'm not I'm not going to accept this style of play ever as long as I watch the game. I just will not accept the constant game management, load management of this culture, of this Greg Popovich pussy ass freaking mentality on how to run a. Uh, a basketball team and in even his situation it made a little bit of sense he had tim duncan who he needed to preserve he had manu he had tony parker who had played for years but you also had Kawhi leonard in his prime so there's a difference but what it is but it's any any smart out of the box thought always starts out well with good intentions and then what happens is Inferior teams go, oh, well, they're doing it. And I, we can do it too. But it's it's circumstance. It's context, how you use that. They're not in a position to rest LeBron. They're not. You're, you're going to be 500 on Saturday. You're going to be 500 on Saturday after going 14-9 and nine and really having a shadow 15-9 and nine after you won the tournament. You're, you're five, six games above 500 to start the season, and now you've just pissed all that away. Why? Because you decided to start being a pussy. Oh, we got to we gotta start pulling yeah. back a little bit. Sean, you know what's so funny? But I'm going to bring you on in a second, John. Actually, I'm going to bring you on. It's, but, Sean, it's so funny. Pussycat. Meow. But when you, it's so funny when you have trolls in our in our chat. The best Lakers chat room is out there. It's Lakers fast break, Magic Man. But it's so funny when we have Clippers or Kings trolls, Joe and me, Sean and Don, especially let, the Kings trolls because they tell you, okay, did you see the quote up there? The I found it hilarious, yeah. hilarious, and this is something that's not the first <laughs> time. I know more about your team than you do. 99% of the time. Matter of fact, I've never met anyone of any fan base that I didn't know more about their team than, than they did. Okay? So, this guy clown is trying to clown us by saying, Oh, the bubble the team, team you from was Minneapolis, me. right? No. I'll, I'll tell you. This is a Kings fan, right? And he's probably just an idiot who's not even a Kings fan. But let me let me give you guys a history. Well, the bubble list. team was fake. Was the fake. Rochester Royals won a championship. And that was like in the 50s, in the 50s, 1951 to be exact. The Rochester Royals, Cincinnati Royals, Kansas City, Omaha, Kansas City alone. And then they finally went to, and by the way, they were the Kings, the Monarchs. Then they went to Sacramento. So you want to talk about someone who stole a team. You stole like four different teams in Sacramento. So... If you're going to talk smack, know know what you're saying. This goes for any subject. Don't come with smack if you don't know where the smoke is coming from or have any idea that – or don't have an idea on how to to conduct yourself in that trolling that you're doing. I think he's gone. Of course he's gone. He's a jackass. There's no once again, it is the Lakers fast break. The Lakers do lose, uh, unfortunately, one eighteen to one eleven. It's really Let- hard to not. This, this, like this is the time when you want to drop the adult language because it, it doesn't. It, it hits home with the with the button. Damn it! I'm sitting here trying to like 
shucks and darn and ugh. anyways go ahead sorry all right now john i'll bring you in and then i'll bring sean in there real quick john uh um i wanted to go ahead and comment on a super chat that came in earlier truly appreciate arthur johnson for dropping it he was talking about Rui, 18 points in 34 minutes you know, one of the few times we've given Rui above 30 minutes, obviously playing a lot for LeBron tonight. Why cash him in for Ford Levine when he can give you the same production uh, and Levine is injury prone? Uh, mortgage out our future for a one-trick pony. I agree if that's the case. I wouldn't say trade Rui for him. If you're going to trade Rui, trade him for someone else. I'm not in love with Levine as the Lakers uh, option, but I know a lot of people are still just trying to push Levine down our throats. I mean, I feel like a lot of people are just trying to push Levine down our throats because like 99% of people are just reading the headlines and just reading, you know, what the biggest thing is. Um, but as far as like kind of like Arthur's comment of like, um, why would you why would you give up Rui? I, I, I understand that. But we also got to look at the, you know, the bigger picture of the fact that like LeBron James is 38 and LeBron James like how long is he going to continue to play at this great level? And you have to try to maximize that window. and mean you you guys can tell me if you disagree but i think that if this year right now i'm not talking about two years down the line not talking three years down the line i'm talking we're trying to win right now we're trying to get as close as we can to a championship team i personally would rather have zach levine um over Rui, but and but i also don't think it'd be it'd be a a, because i i don't think it'd be a one-off thing i don't think we would just send Rui and get zach levine we'd have to send Rui and send some other players which then would uh just hurt just hurt the deepness of our team so that's as like that's as far as that as far as that comment but one thing that i did just want to mention really quick because um joe and you kind of in your last spiel you were talking about how you know we're not really going to get off too much on on darvin ham and you know we don't i don't have to beat a dead horse but one thing i do i did notice and i wanted to bring up here with you guys is the fact of like like Anthony Davis is quite literally, you know, our, you know, he is literally our best player. And on a, on a night like this, um, no LeBron James, you know, like the, the load is just 10 X on him. So my, like my question to you guys, and like, I guess a problem and a concern that I had is like, as a coach, like you should be trying to get your best players, easy buckets, get them going with some plays, with some sets, with some, just some, 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 like maybe some backdoor cuts or get some going for him. I think almost every single one of Anthony Davis buckets tonight was a tough bucket. Like they gave it to him at that high mid, at that high mid post where he just got it front, front of the post. And then he had to go to work. Like he had to just grind for every single one of them buckets. And don't get me wrong. Anthony Davis is a, you know, he made that anniversary 75 team. Like he, he had, 31 points tonight like he he can do it but i just think that you're just you, as a coach like that's just the the weakest game plan of all time it's just it's just to say like oh, okay come on ad like go, come, come get the ball and, and just go to work and and you guys tell me maybe maybe i missed it but i did not see many plays ran for ad to where he, he can get an easy bucket and doesn't have to grind grind and go get and bump and bump and bump to go get a bucket like to me like that's just honestly terrible coaching. Like t- just horrendous, especially on a night like this when you know Anthony, we're gonna have to really go through Anthony Davis, and you're just gonna make him, yeah, just go. You gotta go get every single bucket by yourself. I'm not gonna get you no. I would pick and roll to death. I would pick and roll if you want to put D'Lo in there as your playmaker, like you were asking. Mm-hmm. Put D'Lo with AD and run, uh, you know, 30, 40 pick and rolls a game in a game like this and see what they can do to stop it. Because again, like you said, just throwing it down low with two seven footers, the ability to guard it, it just makes absolutely no sense. You know, it makes you're, you're asking him to work so much harder to get those same kind of points. Absolutely. And I just think that that's like quite like literally on the coach. Like we, that's what you're, that's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to have some sets and some plays ready to go for your best player to get some, get some shots going to get himself going. But no, literally every single time it was um, put four man on the, put four, four guys in the other corner and go ahead, go to work. AD. It's let's, just ridiculous. Let's get uh, magic man in here. Magic man. You were just the awesome part of our coverage. Big shout out to Laker Nick. Let me ask you this, Sean, as Joe's trying to, you know, poke you on the head there. Does it hurt by the way, when he does that? 
I wasn't even paying attention to Joe. Okay, that's great. That's the Better best thing to do. Buddy. <laughs> You'd keep your mouth shut if you knew it was good for you, buddy. Uh, you know what? I'm 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 being paid to voluntarily or involuntarily listen to you, depending on <laughs> and, 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 and understand depending folks, Gerald's whims. Sean does get paid. Depending on Gerald whim depending on Gerald's whims, if he says I don't care if you don't listen to him. Sean does get I paid, him. folks. It's just it's 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 real. He just get paid for what he does. So Sean's exact words much, to me, but it, I, I get paid right no, now. Sean's exact words to me. He DMs me this, Gerald. I will never listen to Joe again in all my life. What time's the post game? <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> but magic Howard man. Stern effect. It's the magic Howard Stern man. effect. <laughs> uh, but magic man, I agree with with John. You know that the offense in this type, you have to modify the offense. You have in a situation like this, when you're playing against a team like Minnesota, you have to modify the offense, more ball movement, more man movement, pick and rolls, try something different when you don't have your star player in the game. They did well for three quarters. I will give them that, but these moral victories only go so far for Tina's 117 world championships. You got to get the job done in the fourth quarter and the execution halfway through the fourth quarter that's where we saw from the defense from Minnesota really shine out, my friend. Absolutely, Gerald. And, uh, and not only that, if you make him work on both ends, he becomes a less efficient offensive player as the Philadelphia 76ers showed you how to play him on both Embiid ends. destroyed them. Embiid he went did. in and destroyed them. I know a lot of people don't like this, but Joel Embiid is averaging more points than in minutes this year, Gerald. And he's likely on his way to his second MVP. Will Chamberlain-like, although it's not mm. at that level, but it is Will Chamberlain-esque. Absolutely. Uh, but, the, yeah, the po point taken. I mean, uh, to John's point, that so the Wolves were making AD work hard on every single possession. You could have done the same thing with Anthony Edwards, Gerald, because that was the easiest 27 points he scored all year. Good point. Um. You know, we did do a good, a decent job of keeping him out of the paint in the first half, but I was really, I was really struggling, especially when AD goes out, Gerald, that they would find a way. And they did. They just found a way when AD was not in there to just pound it down low. And good on Rui, Rui for his defense tonight, Gerald. Um, it was well rounded. He did, he did a solid job on both Cat and Nas Reed. Uh, both very different kind of bigs. Cat's more finesse. Nas is more physical. Rui did a pretty good job on both of them. Kind of showcases versatility against bigs. That being said, uh, we're playing OKC, and he's likely going to the bench and going to play around his usual 15 minutes, I think, on Saturday, unfortunately. Just given the, the predilection that Ham has to um, do this god-awful rotation and something else needs to be addressed Gerald it's kind of it's kind of an elephant in the room and nobody's really talking about it so we're gonna talk about it do you know how many games Torian Prince has played this year with above 30 minutes Gerald 30 minutes or more do you know how uh, many games no I do not just well ballpark it like you've I'd been six. 14 really 14 out of the 28 games, he's played more than 30 minutes. Okay. Now, to put this into perspective, do you know how many games he played with 30 or more minutes last year? How many? One. Wow. One. He played six games the year before, and that was his best year with the, the Timberwolves, Gerald. And then a combined year with Brooklyn and Cleveland, he played 10. So four years ago, he played a, he played 10 games of 30 or more minutes, and Har Ham is driving him into the ground drilled. If Prince is on our team post-All-Star break, I'd be surprised if he if he could play more than, than 25 to 28 minutes a game. He's not built to play 30 or more minutes drilled. He is a bench player. Then, then you have a player like Rui, who a lot of people like Arthur Johnson in the Super Chat are begging begging to for him to come and play on the you know more on the team they're begging for Rui, him to play more 
Rui, Rui I mean, had well, Rui had four games of twenty or more points in the playoffs last year, Gerald. That's a quarter of our games, by the way. We played sixteen games in the playoffs last year. Well, so his super one out chat. of every four, he was good for twenty, and for some reason, he is in the doghouse, and Torian Prince is the teacher's pet with the shiny apple. But Rui is not going to be a star player for you, Arthur. I don't. I don't want to give you that impression. I mean, he's a good, Ger- solid Gerald, player, but Gerald, he's think, think about that. Yeah, but Gerald, think about this: if you're LeBron James, mm-hmm. I worked out with Rui in the summer because you asked me to. We, yeah. we know this. Darvin Ham asked him, asked him, and Polinka asked him. So you asked me to work out with this guy, and we gained some chemistry off the floor. And then you decide that he's going to play with me about seven minutes a game at most, an average around 21. Yeah, Darvin Ham. Yeah, Darvin Ham, indeed. I mean, then you see him playing Prince predominantly amount of minutes, and it's just, it's not paid off. And Prince, but I do a, Prince can't play more than 30 minutes a game. You can't ask him to do I that. I wouldn't have him playing more than 30 minutes a game if I'm coaching. I mean, I would have him playing a lot less, 20, 15 to 25 at, at the most, more likely 15 to 20. Arthur says in his super chat, Rui won you games in the playoffs. It, again, that was a hot streak by Rui. He, he, I was asking on the offseason if he could get anywhere near that level as far as a player is concerned, I would be ecstatic. And we see he's what about 36, 37% shooter from behind the arc. He's not shooting 50% like he did in the playoffs. He's been pretty solid, solid game tonight. He does deserve more minutes. But when and when Arthur says he's 13 years younger than LBJ, why drop off when LBJ retires? A tweak is more appropriate than it got out. I think that in response to, you know, as far as trading for a third star or something like that, I appreciate the super chat, but Rui is going to be a rotational player at most for the rest of his career. I think it's pretty evident if that's the case, but he does deserve more minutes at this point in time. Joe, when it comes to a third player, a third star player, all these names, the familiar names, the Grants, the Levines, uh, you know, we hear this, the Markinens, all these players on these losing teams, that's all that seemingly that gets thrown our way. I'm not in love with any of them. Markinen, I guess, you know, we could go ahead and, you know, that, all right, solid. If you get him with Olenek, maybe a little bit better, or maybe Clarkson thrown in there as well. But Grant with his huge salary, you have also as well, where'd you go to? Oh my gosh, here we go. You have Levine with his exorbitant salary. I just see shades of Westbrook if we trade for one of those guys, Joe, in the darkness. Hello, darkness, my old friend. I thought that kind of looked cool. I, uh, I wanted to see what it looked like. But, uh, okay, so to me, there's a difference between a role player who shows up here and there and then doesn't show up here and there. Okay. The difference between, let's say, Torian Prince and Rui Hachimura, which in my view tonight, they played their roles as well as they could. And I'm not going to – they were a big part of why the Lakers stayed competitive tonight. The problem with those players is they can't do this every night, which I'd like for everyone to take a turn. Now, where things really went bad – and likely cost them the game is you have your starting point guard and your best, arguably your best perimeter defender completely botching an entire part of the, of the court. So whatever he's doing on defense, he's his, his terrible offense is overlapping all the work he's doing on the defensive end, which is Jared Vanderbilt. The Lakers have more issues with terrible decision-making and lack of confidence than they have by allowing Torian Prince to play 30 minutes a game and missing shots when he's open in, let's say, two out of the four games. I think that's more detrimental when you have players that are incapable of doing what needs to get done when they're called upon to do it. I'm not... I'm going to get frustrated that Torian Prince is missing wide open threes. But at the same time, it's not killing me that he's not 
making them because that's not – if he was that guy that made them game in and game out, he wouldn't be a Laker. He'd be getting paid $20 million a year. Rui Hachimura, hallelujah, he got some minutes tonight. He's been averaging, what, 17 minutes? Tonight he got double that. And he gave us 18 points, shot really well from the field, and gave the team energy and played some really good defense. So if there was any positive out of tonight from someone we were waiting to see what the deal was with, Rui Hachimura came through and was very productive. The problem is Jared Vanderbilt tonight, and especially D'Angelo Russell, and it looks like D'Angelo Russell is starting to finally hit that wall. It It's that wall of D'Angelo is the second overall pick in 2015. He's made an all-star team, but he is regressed so bad that he's starting to look, and he was never at the level of this guy, but he's starting to look like Darren Williams the last two, three years of his career. What did I say, Joe, heading into the season? This would be a pivotal year for him because not Absolutely only pivotal free agent year for him, but we Correct. would find out for sure if he was an NBA-level starting guard or if he was someone who's destined for a sixth or seventh man type role in the future. And it's looking more and more based off of what we've seen. It's going to be a bench role for him on a, on a team coming up in the not too distant future. And I, I would really like to know what's wrong. Like what, what has killed D'Angelo? Well, it doesn't seem like he has any significant injuries. It doesn't look like he hasn't been giving an opportunity, given an opportunity. It's not like he's not playing with two of the best players of the last decade. So what more do you want? Is it the pressure of the Laker uniform? No, because he was doing this in Minnesota. Played probably his best ball in Brooklyn, so I don't know if that he really didn't play well there, but he's not – he's just not that guy. He is not a consistent starting point guard at this point with the Lakers, and it looks like if he's to be a point guard uh, and and be a starter, it's going to have to be with a team like Charlotte or – or I don't know, uh, the the Portland Trailblazers type team where – pressure zero and he can get his numbers and go make his money. And that's, that's where I think he's best to fit at this point. Cause we can't keep, we can't keep relying on and hoping that D'Angelo Russell is going to be that third guy that we desperately need. You're looking at somebody like Austin Reeves, who wasn't even drafted, who is, who had a bad start, who had a bad summer in terms of the international play, but still is making the effort and trying to improve more and more. And he has, and he's gotten out of that funk. This is the second year in a row where that happened. For an undrafted guy to be able to produce and and at least improve on his deficiencies a little bit when he's starting out slow, that tells me more about who that guy is and what his value is to this team versus someone who was anointed the at that time the least likely player to be a bust. At that time, in the same draft that Carl Anthony Towns is in, and of course, you know, <laughs> the rest of the crew there at, uh, at Duke. But it's it, it, Rob, Rob has, has to get on the horn, and I mean, he needs to get on the horn quick. Uh, and someone needs to exercise whatever demons Jared Vanderbilt has in his head when it comes to playing basketball. If he continues to play like this on offense, you can't play him. He he'll, he'll sabotage your entire team. It's just you can't you can't you can't afford it anymore. That that fast break with the he cost he cost Anthony Davis probably the play of the night. He cost him by dribbling when all he needed to do is take one step. Your six nine arms like expect Inspector Gadget dunk the damn ball. What are you afraid of? That's that's the part where Darvin Ham is going to need to – those two things, Darvin Ham's going to have to figure something out. Okay, we understand he doesn't have a system. We understand his rotations might not be good. But you have to see that those two players right now are not going to cut it. They're not going to cut it. If you want to ease them in back with some confidence, do it in a game that that's not important. Do it against Charlotte. Don't do it against these teams. We need guys that are going to be productive. 
And LA Lakers, stop sitting your players. I don't care what's going on. At this point, you guys are you playing with fire, guys. You're playing, you're playing for a seven and eight seed. You get a seven and eight seed, you ain't winning a championship this year. I don't care how rested LeBron and AD are. You are not winning a championship as a seven or eight seed. You cannot play on the road for four straight freaking series. I actually need to look at that statistic. Sean, has a team ever won a championship on the road in all four series? Now, I know that's new within the last 30 years. My recollection, it's no. Except maybe for, I think it was Houston. I think the Houston Rockets are the only team to do it. Houston Rockets in 1995. That's it. That's the only team to do it. Now, the Knicks... And the Heat both got to a finals doing that, but they didn't win. And they got smoked, too. The Knicks got swept, and the Heat should have gotten swept. Well, the Knicks but... lost in five. That was oh, excuse me, yeah. And, I, yeah. and I, you know, a 50-game season, eh, you can you can say that That's there right. was My a bad. Bit they of... swept the Nets. I thought they swept both New York yeah. teams. Got to give them one. We're signaling the ref for a quick timeout, but we'll be back with more of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. Needing an edge for your fantasy football team? Listen to the guys at Inside Sports Fantasy Football for insight that will help you reach your league championship. That's Inside Sports Fantasy Football. Check it out today on your favorite podcast outlet. And, hey, Gerald, just as a, a side there, as, as Joe was talking, um, one all-star appearance there. D'Lo was th- highly sought after, Gerald, in the draft. He was thought of as, you know, this guy could be a multiple Don't I remember. All-star. Yeah, multiple-time all-star. So one. much for that. One. He was supposed to be James Harden. Uh, but again, you know, to be fair, story. This is another could be James Harden's back story, Ger- Gerald. But I mean, he also came from the Big Ten. I mean, you know, name five players in the NBA right now who are who are would be considered in the top ten who played in the Big Ten. Are uh, you guess it's a good mind. Go ahead, mm-hmm. my friend. Yeah. The. Not gonna find not gonna find many. No. Once again, it is the Lakers losing 118 to 111. They are now 15 and 14 on the season, 10th place in the Western Conference. Uh John, let me bring it back in here and then I'll bring it back to Magic Man and Joe before we head on out. John, I want to go ahead and ask you this. I mean, 15 and 14, 10th place in the Western Conference. Uh this is something where the Lakers heading into OKC. This is not how we wanted to spend our holidays with the Lakers on this type of down note, my friend. Joe and and Sean mentioned it best. When they talked about the supposed tactical advantage that D'Lo and Jared Vanderbilt supposedly had playing Minnesota because their familiarity with them, it looks like it worked against them because it looks like Minnesota knew exactly how to play D'Lo and Jared Vanderbilt tonight. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it on it honestly did play again against them, but D'Angelo Russell like just played against himself tonight. I mean, he just been played, doing that he, for over a week, man. It, yeah, he 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 he's been in a slump. He's been in a real bad slump, and it's yeah, it's it's getting to a point where you know I, I again don't want to sound like I'm beating a dead horse, but I I've been supporting him, but it's getting to a point where. I, my my ability to support him is running out. Like I, I I'm I don't have much much more wiggle room to go. I used to always lean on uh, how great of a playmaker he was, and well he 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 still is, but that playmaking ability hasn't been there. The offense hasn't been there. The defense has never been there. Um, I do I do want to push back a little bit because I I did hear I don't I don't know who said I think it might have been Joe, but they you guys said like. D'Lo was supposed to be James Harden. I mean, I don't know when he, yeah, when he got drafted, I was, I was, well, I was like yeah, 16, 17. So we were, we were different points and, you know, you guys, you know, saw the game set older, saw, saw to see the game in a different light. I was a kid at the time. 
but what like I never saw him as that. I saw him and, and he was coming in because I remember at, at, at Ohio, like he was this this point guard who pushed the ball up court and he was supposed to be this uh, this this next generation of players that comes in and he's kind of can can be this point guard that helps to lead the Lakers out of this Kobe this Kobe era and then it didn't work and then they ended up revamping and trying to go with Lonzo Ball and acting like Lonzo Ball was supposed to be this this point guard of the team so I never really saw D'Lo as like this heavy scorer who was just supposed to go out there and just put up points in bunches for us so that like that that's the only pushback that I, I, I want to give to that but but even in the role of just being that playmaker who pushes the ball up court and gets and gets easy buckets for everyone on the team He's not even doing that at this point. He is he is regressing. Just it's getting worse and worse and worse. And um, in the same light of what we were talking about earlier with 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 Arthur's point of like why um, he was talking about why would you why would you trade Rui for Zach Levine? And then my my response to that was simply, well, we have a 38, 38 year old LeBron James. Let's try to maximize this this championship window. Let's try to go all in. And although you know. I think there is a lot of upside with D'Angelo Russell. I don't think that we just have we don't we don't have the time. Like we we don't have the time to to let this play out. We don't have the ability to say, okay, well we can you know we can have some bad games because this is just D'Angelo Russell and his inconsistency. He'll have a terrible week, and the next week he'll be he'll be solid. We just don't have time for that. So, I mean, it, for me, it, it's getting to the point where maybe it is time to package up package up some players and see see what we could get for that third third I'm not even going to say star cuz I don't I don't want it to be like you know Gerald I think the the analogy you use is like I don't want it to be that Westbrook LeBron and AD thing like I don't I'm I don't want to be a Westbrook like yeah, mistake exactly cuz that costs your your organization years or as Joe said we're still paying the price remember we gave up draft choices too that we still have to pay back so that, that's that hurt us for a long time to come. Absolutely. So so I won't even say like let's go get a third star, but let's go get a third score. Like somebody who can put the who somebody who can go get a bucket and put the ball in the basket by themselves. Like they don't need to be within the rhythm of the offense. They don't need to have plays ran for them. Honestly, I know it may sound crazy, but I think of Dennis Schroeder. Like I, I'm not saying let's go trade all these pieces for Dennis Schroeder, but he was a player last year who he can he can be a third scorer. He can he can take alleviate the pressure off LeBron having LeBron not 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 be on the court, and we can still get some buckets. We don't, we're not going to go on a scoring drought because he can go get a bucket himself. He can run that pick and roll with um with AD and still be a a scoring threat. So I mean the way I'll wrap it up is I think it might be time. And you're hearing this from one of the biggest D'Angelo Russell supporters. I think it might be time for us to be able to package something and um, try to make try to maximize this LeBron goatness <laughs> at 38 years old. Magic man, you saw that right there. According to you, that's the kiss of death, Gerald. That's yep. the kiss of death. Goodbye. Uh, yeah, just as a, a front office will give that coach the old vote of confidence, and then three days later, you lose by 30, and it's off with your head. Thanks for coming out. Do they, it's, you know, why would you say that when they just beat why the Clippers? Why would you say that now? Yeah, they just broke the Clippers streak at home by 19. So they just beat the hottest team in the NBA and smoked them. And Gerald's right. You're talking about this now. You're just. You're just giving them an opportunity here to sink their teeth into you and just rip out all your guts with their teeth. They, they won't even need swords at that point, Gerald. Gary Trent uh, actually has been someone that, that Magic Man has favored. I'm not going to sit here and, and say he would be he would be a bad choice at all. He He's not someone that would cost. The thing is, does he, does he lift up your team enough? with his abilities out there on the floor. Is he just a complimentary player? He's a complimentary he player, but that's, but you know, Joe's, Joe's shaking his head. No, maybe. cause I'm not, I'm not talking to Masai. Masai's a jackass. He's going to want three first round picks for him. Watch. That is true. Masai He's, always be. Masai's, Masai is Ainge Jr. <laughs> I mean, again, those two so careers. to watch out for those guys in Toronto? Oh, hey, Matthew. It's got nothing to do with Toronto. It's Masai. Masai is a, just a delusional slapdick. I, I can't stand him. 
He's delusional. All right. Well, let him so live off the Gary let, Trent, let him live off the 2019 title that Popovich gift wrapped for him. Okay. Uh, let me well, ask I, you. Go ahead, sir. Go ahead. Just no. like how Ainge right, was go. gift wrapped the title, no way by his buddy Kevin McHale. <clears throat> so now Vincent is the flavor of the month. You're seeing someone put up their starting lineup, Sean and and John and Joe. Vincent Reddish. Rui Braun and AD. That's that backcourt. How many points do you think it'll average in a game, Sean? Uh, Vincent Reddish. Would you get it? Say twelve? No. no. I'm I'm gonna get. Uh, you know what, Gerald? Fourteen. Twelve and a half. Okay, I'd say I'll give you nice. I'll say fourteen. Okay. You give them both about 25, 30 minutes a game as your starting mm-hmm. backcourt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, um, because uh, the the problem with driving that Delo has, yeah, Gabe Vincent has an even worse problem. Okay. <laughs> it's not it. We do just do not have the athletes on the perimeter for him to go to a nuclear option, which is what he does basically, Gerald, when he's confused and or is unsure of himself. Did you see him scratching his head the other day in you? with the Knicks game drill. I mean, of all teams, of all teams to scratch your head with. Yep. The the Knicks are meat and potatoes when it comes to offense and defense. They're a 500 team. Yes, they're mid. They are exactly mid. There is nothing complicated the least bit. And he is a sound defensive coach and what Tibbs does because he doesn't need to do anything complicated. He's been in the game long enough to understand that. And there was Darvin Ham. Boy, that's a very positive album. I got to give first team all city credit. Uh, that's a very positive. Album. He says, once oh, and, Gabe and Braun build a chemistry, the Lakers will be good. And Gerald, we you need know, to. I, for, that's optimism at its finest there. Uh, before, before we head on out, Gerald, we, uh, we need to do the, uh, the pocket solidarity. Well, Joe said no for this week because he didn't want to give it too hard, be too hard because LeBron wasn't there on there. Only when they're when they have LeBron AD and and uh, I guess thing. Jackass. I'm with you, Magic Man. We could do it. We Let's could do, do it, it anyways. That's Why not? ridiculous. Why not? I don't, don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. No, I don't want to do it. Okay, well, gosh. ever. I'm never doing it again. Why? <laughs> because it, it's the degrading. The Gabe and you, LeBron. the degrader of all time, worry about degrading. Yeah, I, I'm turning over a new Ryan Leaf. Oh my gosh. Yeah, watch out for the drugs. Once again, it is the Lakers fast break. <laughs> uh, it stick is... it, stick that leaf up your hand parts. Oh <laughs> uh, if there I is forgi- a... I forgive you, Sean. Warm you forgive hand. me. You forgive me. I forgive you. You forgive me. Uh who is it asking you, Joe, if uh oh Sunday's asking you if, if Grant Hill deserved to make the Hall of Frame? No. Not for his college work as well, combined? Oh, no, college, of course. Two college and, and basketball hall of fame. It's not the NBA hall of fame. Uh, college, yes. And I know that there's a basketball a... hall of fame combined. College college and pro, he deserves it combined. And international. Uh, no. Well, I'm putting, I'm talking about his entire resume. I said no, didn't I? Well, what am I, am I speaking Swahili? You're you're more leaning on the NBA. You said yes to when it was college, but when I added yeah, the NBA, yeah, college. But I know there isn't a separation. But college, yes, not the NBA. There should be a separate Hall of Fame, anyways. I don't know why they had it all. They have it. They have one. That doesn't make sense to me. I agree. Uh, Alan says Joe is a feminist. Absolutely, I care about feminine stuff. <laughs> Uh, John, before we head out, give us the plug on all the channels and all the stuff that you're working on for your great shows before we head on out. Yes, sir. Um, got my Lakers Corner channel that's on YouTube, dropping all Lakers content, um, Lakers, Lakers news, Lakers updates. Uh, and then I got Clutch Talk, which is uh, my NBA talk show, dropping two episodes per week, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Uh, bringing you all NBA news, but as always, appreciate it through you guys. Appreciate the invite, and uh, this is the best Lakers post game around town, baby. I always say that. Let's do one for solidarity. Come on, Sean and John. <laughs>
Who cares about Joe? Yeah, screw Joe. Christmas to you too. How's that for solidarity? Oh, Merry Christmas to you too, indeed. It is the Lakers fast break. Uh, free smoke. You know what? I'm not going to argue on Kobe White. Kobe White's been playing really well this year. So he's definitely even been playing steadier basketball than D'Angelo Russell this season. I am not going to argue with you there. Once again, it is the Lakers fast break. Someone says if you don't support the Lakers when they're down by 20, then don't bother supporting them when they're down by 30. Huh? You're someone. Someone. <laughs> oh, oh my gosh. It is the Lakers. <laughs> Sean, this is going off the rails quickly. It is the Lakers fast break. It is Joe Sorrell, the Magic Man, Chad Grice. Me, Gerald Glassford, thanks so much for watching listening. John Costa, please check out his great channels, Lakers Corner and Clutch Talk. And we'll be back for another great show tomorrow probably talking about this disaster dumpster fire known as the Los Angeles Lakers coming up here tomorrow. And then of course, Saturday, we've got the pregame. We've got, of course, playback.tv slash Lakers fast break. And the best post game in town is like this one in solidarity. We are not, but solidarity. We'll try to do it again. Come tomorrow and come the weekend right here on a holiday weekend festivities known as the Lakers Fast Break Podcast.